to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. Here at the podcast, what I like to do is bring guests and performers and presenters from my stage show, Bedpost, uh, that I do here in Toronto, into the studio to have a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. Uh, and this week, actually, this is this is a lovely person that I just got introduced to lately because they attended uh, a Bedpost stage show. So they didn't exactly perform there, but... <laughs> I will in the future. <laughs> but they will in the future. <laughs> so please welcome to the mic a very special guest I'm super, super excited about, board-certified sexologist, Den Temen. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here, and I hope I get to come back. Oh, come <laughs> I like puns. I'm a sex geek. Out of everything, this is how I, I got started. I, I'm a sex geek. I love sex. I love talking about intimacy and connection and living it and... Yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. I that was going to be kind of a leading question. How <laughs> how did you um before we even get into kind of what a sexologist is and what you do and mm-hmm. things like that, like where did this interest become peaked with you and send you off on this kind of journey, okay. sexy sexy journey? <laughs> so, if I have to be completely honest, I am um I am a Mexican Jewish person, mm-hmm. which is not very common. I was born and raised in Mexico by a fairly conservative, they don't think they're conservative, but I think they're conservative, um, <laughs> traditional Jewish Mexican family. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with a lot of shame and taboos in a very sheltered environment. And my family was very serious, very entrepreneur-like, very business-oriented. And when I was seven years old, we were around the Shabbat table, so Friday night dinner at my grandma's. All the all the adults are serious until dessert time comes. And when they're eating dessert, all the children are gone, but I was a geek, so I stayed in the adults' table, and they started laughing. And I rarely saw the adults laughing. So I asked my, uh, my great-grandma, um, what's going on? And being as a cool lady she was, she just said, we're saying sex jokes. <laughs> And my mom was like, you know, like, don't say that to the kid. And I was like, thinking, thinking, thinking. I was supposed to be a physician. Like, I always thought I was going to be like a nice Jewish person kid. I was like, I'm going to grow up to be a physician okay. and it's all going to be great. So my mom asked me after, like, afterwards the dinner, she was like, are you still thinking about being a physician? And I was like, no, I think I'm, I'm, I want to change my career choice. <laughs> How old were you at I this was point? seven. <laughs> and so my mom asked me, what do you want to be? And I was like, I want to be a sex worker. my mom was like oh my god what do i do with this kid what will i respond you know her response was why and i was like well how did you even know what a sex worker was i did not did you i did not the only thing i answered (laughs) what did you think it was i thought this i told and this is what i told my mom the only time i have seen all of the adults laugh is when they're saying sex jokes yes so sex must be something that makes adults laugh. So I want to work in sex. I want to be a sex worker. <laughs> One who works in sex. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I told my mom. And she oh was like, God. oh, okay. And that's how I started thinking. Sex is something that makes adults, or should be something that makes adults happy if they're laughing when everyone else is like super serious at any other time. So at seven, I started thinking I was going to be a sex worker. <laughs> Um, and then when I when I grew up, I ended up going to university and doing uh, anthropology with a specialization in sexual studies. So okay. sexual anthropologist, because oh, wow. I liked seeing how humans connect and what makes them desire and and intimacy and vulnerability and and really sexy stuff around cultures. Mm-hmm. You and truly are a sex geek. You are an academic. I am an academic. I am an academic person. that touches people, and so that's how it all began. Like I really, I really wanted to make people people happy, and and I always say that whatever I do, I'm on a pleasure revolution to change the world one orgasm at a time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, baby. Mm. Oh my. And something we didn't mention also, you are the founder of Sexplore. Oh yeah, Sexplore is an organization. Yes. Um, that I founded a, a couple of years ago already. Yes. I um after I finished sexual anthropology, I decided that I wanted to do human rights. 
um, because I've always been an activist that way. So I went to the United Nations University to study a master's in gender and peace building, so gender and sexuality studies, etc. And for a while, I did a lot of international work, policy-oriented, so United Nations kind of stuff. Well, actually, United Nations. I lived in Turkey and Costa Rica, all over the world, doing sexual reproductive health and rights. Wow. All right? Important, important work. Important work. And people were always asking me sex questions because I was super open about it, no taboos. I had come out of the closet. Even wherever I was living, I was out. So queer, out and about in Turkey, everywhere. Wow. And so people would come and ask me personal questions. And I found myself doing a lot of sex education apart from the policy work. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of sex counseling. Yeah, just like socially. Yeah, just like socially. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm getting burnt out with all this human rights work. Like, I am really getting burnt out. So I came back to Canada, did a little bit more of national work, um, and then decided I wanted to do my own thing. Mm Because I I wanted to do something where I could do anti-oppression, intersectional, sexual justice-based work. Yes. You know, that was based in popular education and connecting to people and whatever came up in my crazy head, you know, that I could come up with and do. <laughs> that, that you could you do it. You that could I, do it. That I could do it. That I wouldn't have a boss telling me, no, this is not good or isn't kosher or you should do it this way or be more proper. And I was like, uh-uh, I want to do it my way. Mm-hmm. So I got certified as a sexologist by mm-hmm. the American College of Sexologists. Had to present like my framework, what I wanted to do. How, how difficult is it to become a sexologist? It is. Now it's quite hard. Like now they've put up a lot of barriers in terms of like what education you do have, how many hours of like counseling work, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Before it was a little bit easier. It's still, there's a lot of barriers. So if we think about it in an anti-oppression way, like intersectionality, a lot of marginalized folks who don't have access or privilege um, are not able to do it. To do it, yes. You know? Um, So back when I got certified, it was still fairly easier there isn't a college here in Canada that's why I had to go and get certified in the American college I did do the University of Guelph um, diploma on in sex therapy but I thought sex therapy wasn't for me right because it pathologizes and says that people need to be treated and I think that people have obstacles that they need to overcome um, that's a kind Some, of, yeah. Something's not wrong with them. No, it's just like there's an obstacle. <laughs> they just have their They're things. Not like yeah, everybody exactly. has their things. Yeah. And right. so the clinical work that I do, because I do have a part of the things I do is clinical practice, yeah. is coming from a sexological clinical practice where where I don't pathologize people. I don't treat them. I I I guide them and support them. Right. So after I got certified, I was like, okay, so now I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. And that's so, how Six Four was born. Amazing. So, yeah. So, and, and you do so many things. Like, you gave me the link just for your website. And I was, I'm like, just give me an idea of like some talking points, some things we could chat about tomorrow. And you send me your website and you do so many things. I told you, I didn't want a boss. I was like, whatever my crazy head comes up with, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. So tell me, because I'm sure people, when they uh, hear sexologists, they don't even know what that is and what that person might do so tell me the things that that all the different kinds of things that you do as a board certified sexologist today so I do a lot of sexual education workshops um, which can be seminar lecture style things yeah to whom to whomever like whoever wants to have sex or not have sex right all the different topics that we can talk about and it doesn't only have to be about so people think that I only concentrate on like squirting or oral sex or and I do I do lovely those things you know like sex positions and, and all that and I do and, and, and I do um, but I also talk about shame and yes. guilt and taboos and grief and mental health so all the intersections of yeah. sex and sexuality that it's might everything. not it's yeah. everything. The, the experience is so layered it's, and so varied. It's so human. Yeah. That's yes. it. It's so human. There is so much of us that is sex and sexuality. It's like when I was studying anthropology and I wanted to find sex rituals. Mm-hmm. Because of the taboo and the shame, they're not going to be sex rituals. But if you think about it and you think fertility and you look for fertility rituals, then, there's then you're going to find a lot of sex rituals right. in different cultures, right? So you ha- I started thinking that way, like sex is about everything. So the lecture style kind of things. Right. Then I have uh, something lovely that was born out of an experience in a, in a cruise ship, hands-on workshops. Yeah, so what? What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Everybody's curious. What about do you that. mean hands on? Um, I think people learn, like, 
by touching. So I have no taboos in terms of touching clients, you mm-hmm. know, and I am a type of sex worker. I'm proud of it, if, if you want to think about it in that way, mm-hmm. right? When you were seven, you, you had a thing. I had a thing. I had you, a dream. You, yeah. Like, <laughs> you you know, made, I had a dream. You made it happen. And I made it happen. So <laughs> they're more technique-based. So then we start talking about the squirting or G-spot stimulation or prostate stimulation mm-hmm. or oral sex or positions or and this is straight up demonstrating physically like i will i will teach people the 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 anatomy so pleasure anatomy because we always talk about anatomy but never pleasure anatomy oh yeah so oh yeah let's talk about i talk to them about pleasure anatomy they do have to stay for like 15 minutes of anti-oppression and i'm talking about generally the clients that i do this with they're um from the bible belt in the u.s oh wow you know um very privileged people and and i I talk about anti-oppression in a way and they're like, okay, we're going to stay for 10, 15 minutes for this. When does the hands-on portion start? Exactly, right? (laughs) But it's fine. And then I teach them the techniques or the techniques is better how to use our bodies because there isn't the butterfly technique or this technique. It's about mouth anatomy and hand anatomy and, and, and pleasure anatomy. Yeah, because even saying, I'll teach you, you know, the techniques, it's like every body is every, different. And yeah. one technique for sure is not going to apply to tons yeah. of different people. One size doesn't fit all. Yeah. We all have different erogenous areas, yes. right? The way that we touch is different. So if you touch with the tips of your fingers, it's different than touching with the palm. The sensa- It's about creating sensations. Basically, the technique is about learning how to create different sensations with our bodies to give pleasure or receive pleasure or receive pleasure to wow. somebody else. Wow. So once I, I get down on that, then they each go to their stations, which is mattresses, right? This is all set up. This is all set up <laughs> and the a bunch of a bunch of beds. Because yeah. it's it's usually lifestyle or swinger events. So uh, yeah. it's so like like then by lifestyle you mean swinger. Yeah, by swinging. lifestyle I mean swinger. So they mm-hmm. have their mattresses up in the playroom. That's mm-hmm. where I do my workshop and then so they So this go might their... be like a swingers convention or something yeah, that you go to or a teach at or yeah, a cruise. Or yeah. here at Oasis I've done it. Yeah, right. Great. And so like people go to their mattresses. I usually have six <laughs> to ten couples. And then they get naked and they practice it. It's hands on, they practice on each other and yeah. then the sexologist goes from bed to bed. You know, just being like, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. not not only mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, I am fully uh, dressed, uh, but I have my non latex gloves and really good lubricant. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, OK, so what questions do you have? Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't have any questions. I'm like, OK, so let me how was he able because it's usually heterosexual couples. I have had queer couples, but usually in these places, it's heterosexual couples. Right. So in, in a swinger in a swinger place, usually. Yeah. So I ask, I usually, let's say it's squirting, for an example. I ask yep. her, did, did, was he able to find your G-spot? And she's like, oh, I'm not sure. So I'm like, consent always. I teach them about consent. I make them sign waiver and, and consent forms saying that yep. they're okay with my clinical educational touch just to be safe. Yep. And ongoing consent. I'm sure that always. the conversation is always, always. ongoing midway. That's that, you the know. educational moment. So I'm like, can I touch you? Yeah. And then I ask ask the spouse, are you okay if I touch her? You know, because like it's it has to be. And so if they both say yes, I'm like, okay. So I tell her what's going on. I I tell her I'm gonna touch her. I start touching her, and then I I penetrate to find her G spot. Yeah. You know, I find it, and she's like, oh, that feels different. She's like, oh, that's there you go. Yeah, that there you is go. The thing. That, yep. That. Yep. And so <laughs> and so I stimulate it so that she feels what it she feels knows like. what it's yeah. like. And then and then the spouse partner fuck buddy whoever is there in the in the workshop puts their hand right under mine so that they can feel my finger. So like in ghost, f- like doing the pottery. Ig- oh my God, I'm total. <laughs> you know what? That's it. I'm going to put that in my descriptions. You know, like we're going to ghost it. That is it. So we ghost it, you know, like there's four fingers in there. And he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, trigger it more. And I'm like, no, yeah. you're halfway where you have to be. And so like they trigger, they close it. I always tell them to close their eyes because you can feel yeah, you better. F- yeah. yeah, it's, yep. it's mm-hmm. about... No eyes in the in the face, but eyes in the fingers. As soon as you close them, and they start feeling more, feeling more, and then they're like, ah, oh, and she's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and so like right, and so the they, they find it right, and then yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is how you stroke it this way, this way, that, and then and then I'm like, I'm pulling out, and he stays in there, and and then I ask her, do you feel? a similar sensation than when I was. And she's like, yes. And so I'm like, okay, that's okay, great. You know what it feels like and you know what exactly. it feels so like. So now I'm like, pull your hand out. Mm-mm. And now you start all over, like alone. Yeah, from do, it yourself, do it Do it yourself. Not guided, yeah. You're not guided. And then it's amazing to see the faces, right? Because there's a synergy between them of like, they're both learning something new. This is so valuable. It that is so freaking, it's mind blowing. And yeah. I've got people that are in their 30s, right? Until their freaking 90s. Wow. 
You know, like at swingers conventions. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, right? That is amazing. But they've been together for two years or for 30 years. And then after he gets it, you know, there was an experience in one of the workshops where we were both in there together. There were a couple from, from Argentina. So we were speaking Spanish and English. And the beautiful thing about swingers is that they l- like to learn together. So they're, they're forming a circle around the couple that I'm teaching, right? Yeah. Just to see and to like. And this this woman was like really connecting to her body you know and finally the guy gets the technique and he's doing it and like he grabs my hand you know i'm just like there in the bed with them side by side and he's like i I can feel it and she's like i can feel it too he grabs my hand and as she's coming (laughs) he's crying grabbing my hand and saying thank you for this moment and i'm like oh my god what you know this is amazing you know, and a lot of people don't like to teach that way because they do the one that sure. don't want to touch the clients or like they don't want problems or, you know, boundaries. And I'm like, this is the way I teach. I And I can see so much value in doing a hands-on approach versus a hands-off. Like, are you able to tell me exactly what where you find the differences are, like where you feel like your method is I don't want to say superior because no, everyone has lots different, of different right like different. I, I know a lot of people that mm-hmm. do hands-on that use a demo and they don't touch the clients but they use a demo right right and right. I don't like I, I don't I don't like to use a demo yeah. I just like to use the clients if they're okay yeah. with it so why why exactly do you like to do it the way you do it and why do you think it's it was all very it's, organic. It's successful and it you was know. all very organic. I was mm-hmm. teaching with PowerPoint like a lot of people teach. Okay. You know, yeah. and showing that. Much and different. Then, much, much different. different. <laughs> and then one of the couples in the swinger thing was like, I have no clue what you're saying. I don't understand it. Like, I've, I've read books. I've seen the videos. I'm seeing can, the PowerPoint yeah, presentation. Can you show me? And I was like, what do you mean show, show you? Like, get like, your hand. And yeah. Can you, can you show. show me? And I was like, I was super nervous at the time because I was like, I don't know if I should do this. What? Well, you know? Right. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. I'm going to do it. You know? And... And the energy I got from the way that it was like, I remember when my when my parents were teaching me how to walk, that they walked with me, they would grab my hand and walk with me. Yeah. And I started thinking some people, some people learn when you hold their hands and show them. Yes. And actually show them. And that's like same with same with oral sex. I don't put my mouth in their genitals, but I'll but I'll suck, lick, nibble their back so that they can feel still the, feel, feel the tactile. sensation the tactile sensation and it works wonders you know yeah. and so i i understood the power of touch and when you when you talk about sex and you think about sex as either sensual or erotic erotic being what's in between kind of like gender and sex right what's in between our ears right right like our imagination our minds the way we fantasize yeah. that's erotic but sensual is all about the senses, senses. right sensual. the five senses and usually when people learn they either learn very visually or auditory Mm-hmm. But rarely do we explore teaching with the sense of touch. Mm-hmm. And that's where the hands-on component comes in. Yeah, and that makes so much sense. Because like, when you're a baby, like, you are just trying to touch everything. everything. Put everything in your mouth. You are like... That is actually one of the first ways we learn. Yeah, right? it's tactile. Tactile, yeah. touch, right? And there's such a negativity about that. Even, even, even if it has nothing to do with sex, but everything has to do with sex, right? right. But even if it doesn't parents are usually when they start seeing that their that their babies are learning tactile um mm-hmm. about their genitals mm-hmm. yes. they're like don't touch don't touch. that's when we start the no touch edu- sex education yeah that's the, when we start the, the negative the negative, sex negative yeah, education. the sex negative education right like don't touch and so when when we're adults and i find that if i tell people you're gonna learn through touch for a lot of them, it's and I have to gain their trust very, very fast. And I always say, if you don't feel comfortable, I can always just verbally tell you what to do. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of cisgendered, heterosexual guys mm-hmm. having a finger up their ass for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't do squirting without prostate. Like, it's it's got to be an hour and an hour, you know? <laughs> whatever whatever we're doing. Because some yeah. of these guys are like, I'm going to sign up for the anal sex workshop. Thinking. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, that's great. You know, I'm like, that's great. They come in, they sign up. And like I'm saying, this is like, again, very heterosexual oriented because the swingers conventions are like that. They sign up and the wives are like, hi, what workshop is this? I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm like, anal sex. But one hour we're going to do techniques for you. And one hour we're going to do techniques for him. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be everybody learns techniques. Cause Everyone has a butt. Everybody has a butt. Yeah, so like sorry, here are some strap-ons and some dildos. Let's talk about of like lube. pegging. And, like, and they're like, oh. 
but I gained their trust yeah, pretty so fast. Yeah, so how do you, I, I'm, I'm curious, how do you turn that around from them being like, uh, no, scared, fear, to, okay, well, maybe we'll start with a little bit and then see how it goes. Like, how do you, how do you gain their trust? Because that's like... I think, actually, I don't gain their trust. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is they gain trust in the possibility of pleasure when they see their partners get so much pleasure, receive pleasure, be open to that, see that they've been able to provide that pleasure and start thinking about the fact that they haven't had that type of pleasure. Mm-hmm. So then they start getting curious, right? Because And then their spouses or partners start getting curious too and they're like, is it possible for me to give him that amount of pleasure as well in his prostate? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And so then and they start getting curious about it. And they ask, can, can you teach me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. It only takes one guy to be like, yeah, I'll do it, you know? And then the whole room's on board? And then the whole room is like, <laughs> is like, you know, ass up in the air. Then you have like nine other guys with their asses up in the air being like, oh, my God, I'm nervous, but it's all going to be fine. And like we coach each other. We're like the guy, the guy who just had his finger. They're all holding hands. Yeah. You know, the guy that had his finger up the ass is like, it wasn't it was really good, you know. And the wife is like raving about it, about how she had her finger up his ass and it was all pleasurable. And then everybody wants it. You know, everybody's like, I want to feel that even if it's for the front, even if I'm never going to feel it again. Yeah. And then. People speak to each other. Yeah. And I've been going to these events for like five or okay. six years so you already. you got some word of mouth happening. Word of mouth yeah. happening. Yeah. And then sometimes they're like, you're done. You're the, you're the person that is. And I'm like, I'm done. And they're like, I want to be in your workshop. I want to feel that. Because people have told me that I can feel in your workshops. Wow. And so that's. that's oh, what, what, how, what a better review. You couldn't have a better review than that. You know, it's a lot of fun. And you, like, I know my clients very intimately. The hands-on workshop clients very intimately. No kidding. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. And it teaches me a lot about myself, too. Like, every time I, every time I meet somebody different, um, it teaches me a lot about myself, my own taboos. I'm always constantly working. Like I said, I grew up in a very sex-negative, uh, conservative environment where I've had to do my own journey of, of self-exploration, my own coming out in many different ways. I'm a pervert. I'm a slut. I'm a kinkster. Um, I, I'm, I'm poly. I'm queer. I'm trans. Like There are so many things that I've had to explore myself, you know? And when you, when you see a reflection of yourself on the people that you're supporting, they make you think it's a... It's a sharing of knowledge. Everybody carries their own wisdom. Yeah. You know? And when you see reflected when you when you see yourself reflected in their own questioning, in their own openness to feel something different, in their own struggles. Yeah. The wisdom that they carry sometimes without knowing, sometimes by just saying just the, yeah, some, you you help them find their own answers, and like, they help like, me find my own. Yeah, answers. and vice versa. It's like a yeah. sharing of knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, you help unlock their them. Uh, you help them unlock their own thing, and vice versa. The thing is, I just have a little bit more. I'm not a sexpert. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like to call myself a sexpert. I am somebody that has had the ability, privilege, to gain more knowledge on this topic and to have the time to explore it yeah. more deeply personally, academically, and professionally. So yeah. I carry the tools. I'm the tool carrier. Yeah, you got the your tool tool belt. You know? That you can let other people... By no means am I an expert. Borrow exactly. and show them yeah, with your tools. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not an yeah. expert. I'm a... If we think about it in a different way, I'm just the carrier of wisdom. Mm-hmm. That You're just a vessel. It. I'm just a vessel <laughs> of pleasure. Pleasure vessel. Yeah, call it that way. But I love it. I love. I love. So that's the hands-on workshop. Yeah. We spent a lot of time there. That's good. No, it was fantastic. Um, I have a retreat in Mexico. Uh, that happens every a, year. A, a sensual retreat. Sensual retreat. Right? Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Well, it it really alludes to like having an environment and a space where I nourish and care for the people that come in a sensual way. So it has to do with the food, with the environment, with the things we learn, with the things that are that you're able to touch. It's a more in a more sacred space. It's in Tepoztlan and and near my near my hometown of Mexico City in a place where Mexicans know that that is the birthplace even though people don't like to talk about it that way of hedonism it's it's the 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 god of um of hedonism has has its temple there okay there's some pyramids in Tepoztlan in the Teposteco and 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 so we have like in the afternoons we have tours we go to the market we go to the pyramids and in the mornings we have workshops and at nights we have like different sensual activities and 
and it's a week of me being able to come up with whatever I want every year. The activities change. It's whatever mm-hmm. I've concocted up this in year, your brain. you know, and then people just go and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And people trust that it's going to be fun and yeah. it's going to be fun. It usually is. It usually you is. Know, word so, of mouth says that. <laughs> you know, after going to like, I don't know, more than 20 cruises and seeing how people do different things and like. <sighs> I don't know, more than 10 conventions already throughout the years, you know, and meeting thousands and thousands and thousands. There's cruises that are 600 couples, cruises that are 2,500 couples. So it can be... It can, wow. Yeah. The swingers culture, the lifestyle culture is that you enormous. Know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, we've got people from... And some people are not in the lifestyle, but they just want a sexy, sensual environment that has no kids and only adults, you know? Yeah. Um, a clinical practice, so more, yes. a, more counseling oriented, which is based in Toronto, but I do it virtually as well. Yeah. And where I use like a whole, like a very holistic approach where I can use drama therapy or art therapy. I meet the client where they are in order to be able to counsel them. Um, so I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not called that. I am a clinical sexologist mm-hmm. where we do therapeutic work, mm-hmm. meeting the client where they are. Mm-hmm. So what ty- what types of people would be interested in work so like that? So there's people who are in multiple partnered relationships who come, uh, people who are in couple like couples mm-hmm. in relationships that are just two, or people who are single who are exploring their own sexuality or how to hook up with somebody else, how to find a relationship, body image things come up, performance anxiety, so like um, not being able to sustain an erection mm-hmm. or losing the erection or how to open up a relationship or learning new things together. Trauma. is Trauma, tra- sexual abuse, sexual trauma, sexual assault, um, a lot of shame, uh, guilt, taboo, being like I really, I, I don't feel pleasure. I can connect to my pleasure mm-hmm. and, and I need to get over the shame and the taboo and how do I do that? I have a lot of people who... Who are who grew up conservative like I did and mm-hmm. religious. I, I still I'm Jewish and I still am very proud of being Jewish, mm-hmm. um, and I and I practice my Judaism. So I understand people who come from a religious background who mm-hmm. want to connect in a more open way to themselves. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't I don't preach, um, I don't preach to them, and I and I try to find where they are in their own religious background to mm-hmm. see how they can, because a lot of people who are sex positive have have a problem with religion. Um, right. Yeah, a lot of people don't necessarily have them come together. No, they like, and there and there is you, like there is. thinking that you can have one or the exactly. other. Exactly, and yeah. you can because you can have people who are very religious and might not be might not be politically as open or as liberal as you are, but still find their own their own sense of being sex positive within their own religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so when they see me, I don't I don't look very normative at all. <laughs> they're like okay so this is, this is done and like um i had a lovely sick gentleman like s-i-k-h from the sick religion yep. um come and come and visit my clinical practice yesterday and i know that at the beginning he he looked at me and he was like i i'm i'm i'm, I'm not sure mm-hmm. you know because because i look queer in one way or another you know i don't i don't look like what i used to look like when i was in high school very feminine mm-hmm. and after talking for a bit we were able to find some common ground you know and and he was like yeah actually i i would like to work with you so amazing yeah so that's a clinical practice. Then I do um, continuing education that's coming up next week. Mm-hmm. I do a sexual attitudes reassessment. People who are therapists or, or and want to become sex therapists or sexual educators, it's a required. Um, it's a requirement by the Ontario Board of Exam, like Ontario Board of Examiners for Sex uh, Therapists and Counselors. So BESCO, the Board of Examiners for Sex Therapists in Ontario, mm-hmm. and for ASECT in, in the U.S., mm-hmm to have a sexual attitude reassessment workshop. Okay, and you provide those? I provide that. Uh, it's a 36-hour workshop um, once mm-hmm. a year. So those are the continuing education programs that I carry. Mm-hmm. And then I have a series called From the Bedroom to the Boardroom, um, <laughs> staff, staff leadership development for organizations. Right, so you go into companies, you go into workplaces. Yeah, I go to workplaces, yeah. do different trainings or diversity or do audits. So gender audits, diversity audits, sexual harassment audits. What do you audits. mean by that, gender audits, sexuality so audits? So figuring out, looking at the policy that they currently have, looking at legislation, looking at their culture and seeing how are they applying. Do they have the policy that is required by legislation and do they have the culture to, to be able to provide environments that are safer in terms of sexual harassment or diversity or 
Yeah. yeah. So just making workplace workplaces sex positive. I don't know if sex positive per se. Um, just not sex negative. <laughs> or maybe not sex negative, negative, but more towards de- like no, more towards legislation. Like how many how many LGBTQ individuals do you have? Okay, uh, what see. kind of, like what is your culture? Is it welcoming? How many trans individuals do you have? How many women? Uh, what are your sexual harassment policies? Are they working? Are they, what's the culture like? Like okay, mm-hmm. so you have policy, but is it is it transpiring into the organizational culture? Mm-hmm. Is it translating yeah, to, is it your, translating everyday to your everyday work everyday work experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. And that's the UN work, wow. I guess, the policy. Oh gosh, so much important work you do. It's kind of mind blowing. I told you, it's like whatever my mind comes up with, I come up with it. If I can make it happen, then I make it happen, and then that's what Explore does. Wow, that's amazing. Um, okay, I don't think we can speak too much longer without talking about my sponsors for today. Please so I'm just do. Gonna take a couple moments, you know, to uh, give some great shout outs to some great sex positive companies. Uh, the first one, Oasis Aqualounge, which you mentioned earlier. I love. Love, love, love them. They actually partner yep. up with me for that. They're super, they're incredibly supportive. The star is going to happen at Oasis. So we do uh, field trips and Oasis, even from the beginning of the workshop, has always been extremely supportive. I, I kudos to Oasis. I Amazing. love it. Who, for people who don't know what Oasis is, it's a sex club that's here in Toronto. And they are shame-free and judgment-free when it comes to pleasure and play. They're welcoming of all people of all different sexual orientations and genders. Uh, they have a fantastic facility and they feature fantastic sex educators mm-hmm. like Den. Yeah, uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they are at Oasis. OasisAuclounge.com if you want to check them out from afar. Or you can just go right on down to 231 Mutual Street right here in Toronto if you're a, a Torontonian. Uh, secondly, I want to talk about ComeAsYouAre.com. Mm. Are you familiar with ComeAsYouAre? I love them. <laughs> the co-op. I love that co-op. I, I get stuff so from great. there. I love them, yeah. They're trans-owned, trans-operated. They uh, are founded here in Toronto, but now they're online at uh, comeasyouare.com. They are feminists. They're any capitalist. They want to give you the best products at the uh, absolute best price. Uh, and we have a coupon code. It's bedpost, one word, B-E-D-P-O-S-T. We'll get you 15% off when you check out at comeasyouare.com. How many is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Love Crafters is a new one I have. And I've got a, a lovely little toy to show off here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, the mermaid's there. <laughs> a mermaid tail. It even has a little pearl right in the middle there. Um, it's strap-on compatible, as you can see here. Um, this is a fantastic non-gendered fantasy toy line uh, that they are hand-sculpted. The, mo- the models for each toy are hand-sculpted and poured here in Toronto. Um, if you want to go to see more about Love Crafters, go to the Etsy shop, Love Crafters Toys. And um, they're body safe. They're 100% silicone, pure silicone so please go check out these uh, fantastic toys i don't know about them and i'm gonna go check, check them it out. out they're so fun they've got tentacles they've got lord of the rings cock rings <gasps> like it goes on and on it's absolutely amazing um and speaking of this little harness that i have here another one is unicorn collaborators so unicorn collaborators are two queer unicorns who are leather makers they do a lot of uh harness type situations they love to collaborate they're super body positive so they create a thousand different sizes or it's completely customizable for your body. They're also non-gendered, so you can have, you can, anybody can wear these things no matter what your gender, what your body type, what your orientation, what your intention with this product is. Um, and you can go to you collaborators on Twitter. You can go unicorn collaborators uh, at gmail.com to direct message them for inquiries on their fantastic leather products. That's amazing. I'm uh, learning so much today. And then, oh, one more thing is provocateurimages.ca. Uh, Okay, Provocateur Images is a boudoir photography studio who actually shot my new logo that's behind Den there. <laughs> and shot me, like Trevor. Yes. I've had an experience with him. I've had such great experiences It's amazing. With I have my book. I have like a huge photograph of me in boudoir. He is, I have no words to describe the work that he does. It's so empowering. Oh. It is so incredibly amazing. You... He and he is an amazing person to work with. He's Agreed. got good politics. He's a nice guy. He makes you feel comfortable. His space is luxurious and oh, sensual. Oh gosh, the studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can get so many different looks, mm-hmm. like so many different settings he shoots in. He can get your photos to look a million different ways. Uh, We're yeah. working on a new project, actually. Him and I. I told him I want to have, I want to have a photograph. I'm cr- like, he's like, oh my god, Dan, you're, you're, you're gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> I want to be in my masculine self and in my feminine self in the same in photograph. The same like being my own couple and he's like we'll try to do that so if he can pull that off he can pull anything off <laughs> I, 
absolutely love that. If you're interested in booking a boudoir shoot with Provocateur Images, go to provocateurimages.ca um, or you can follow him uh, provocateur underscore images on Instagram. We also have a coupon code B-E-D-P-O-S-T, bedpost, one word. Uh, you will get 10% off your uh, next session, which sounds pretty good, but uh, depending on what package you choose, you're getting between $65 and $250 off. Mm-hmm. Crazy savings. Please go check out Provocateur Images. <laughs> we both second that that message. <laughs> all of them. All of them. All of the things. All of the things. Okay, Den. Um, we're we're back with uh, part two of our of our podcast here with Den Temin, uh, certified board certified sexologist. So pleased to have you here. So I, happy. I, I as I was saying, I was kind of browsing through your your website, and I've got a couple um, a couple of things that you do workshops on. Yeah. That kind of piqued my interest. Oh, if you don't mind me no. kind of asking you about you them, ask me whatever you want. Um, okay, mastering sex positions. Mm-hmm. What is that workshop right. about? What What's the general idea with that one? Fun times. I think that we, we are ergonomic beings. And they don't teach us how to use our bodies. So I, mastering sex positions, I had to, it used to be called sexual ergonomics. Sexual ergonomics, But nobody yeah. was signing up for the freaking, <laughs> Nobody know, knows what nobody, the word ergonomics no, and means. And so I was like, okay, mastering sex positions, and now then people signed up. Great. <laughs> it's about learning different techniques, using your body. So let's say, let's say that we're doing the missionary position. I don't know why I always come up with that one. But generally people rest on their wrists, yes. you know, and they thrust and after a certain amount of time, your body starts hurting, yeah, right? Yeah, your wrists. Your... your wrists, everything. Or maybe you have different um, abilities in your body, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you're, you're, you're a differently abled person that can't do those positions. So we really look at your body type mm-hmm. and to see how we can manage ergonomically um, to find the positions that are best going to work for you. Amazing. So whether you're older, have gone through an illness, are differently abled-bodied, mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever accident, it is, your yeah. shoulder, yeah, you yeah. can't raise your exactly. arm above here. Exactly, and 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 so a lot of the tenants are like uh, using different muscle groups, you know. So instead of thrusting, rocking, because mm-hmm. it's easier on your body, doing ninety degree with your joints. You okay. Know? So instead of doing this, you always are in ninety degree with different parts of your body and your joints, okay. right? Being closed, not allowing for a lot of space because then you, you get the person that you're having sex with or the people that you're having sex with get to support your body and you get to support them. Yeah, distribute so like, the weight a bit yeah, amongst exactly. the two of you. Looking at your surroundings, using your breathing. So we look at what positions you haven't been able to do or you want to do mm-hmm. and using sexual ergonomics, achieving them. And oh, it's great. I love that. You know, in one of those workshops I had, that's that was a, a moment for me um, in one of the, again, cruises, because it's my, my experience where I can do, it's just easier logistically. They provide the, the sheets and they provide the mattresses already and great. I don't have to think about that. So that's why I do it. The median age in that, in that um, or the average age in that group was 75. Yeah, wow. It's for, that older, work, for, that, for that workshop, for that, for that particular day. And when I went in, I had a lot of taboos uh, uh, and stigma right. for older folks. It was the first time I was teaching that group, and I was like, <gasps> my assistant uh, at the time told me to go to the washroom, wash my face, you know, <laughs> wash my taboos away, take come back, take yeah, a moment. Yeah, what a metaphor. You yeah, know? go wash your go face. Go wash your what taboos. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> come back and teach us if you were teaching 30-year-olds. Great. So I came back, <laughs> and some people were taking their depends off because it's an older crowd, you know. Sure. They were yeah. getting naked. It was older, naked bodies. Yeah. And one of them couldn't figure out the position. So I put my, I put my harness on yeah. and my cock, and I was like, okay, let me show you how I would do it. And then you get on, then they get on top of me, and we play with our bodies, and then we do it. And the and the woman was like looking at my cock all the time, like this is a probably seventy five year old woman, and she's like, "Can I try that?" <laughs> so I took my harness off. She put it on, and her face lit up. It was the first time she was putting on a harness, and she's like, "I love." my cock and she started strutting around the room you yes. know she's like can you teach me positions <laughs> yes i can to use my cock the husband was a bit scared you <laughs> he's know? a bit apprehensive at you this know, point I, I and how bit. confidently she is brandishing Brand- her, her co- i guess her cock now my cock but <laughs> sexual positions you know it doesn't matter your gender right mm-hmm. it doesn't matter your ability it doesn't we have to find a way mm-hmm. to make your body work for you. That's what that class is about. I love that because um, I've had a guest quite a while ago who I'm looking at having again on the podcast, Andrew Gerza. Oh, I love 
Andrew's work. He was a panelist once for the SAR. He's amazing. He、yeah. his podcast、yes. is just mind blowing. Disability, Disability after, after dark. dark. Yeah. yeah, I love Andrew. Yeah,、mm. um, and he speaks a lot about.、Um, he has CP,、um, mm-hmm. so he has limited mobility in、mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. And he kind of talks a lot about how you know he still he gets physiotherapy. Um, for his disability,、mm-hmm. and how he's not able to talk to the physiotherapist about how can I, you know, do this position that I want to do,、um, and help that way. Like, how do I thrust? Because that's something that you know I'm kind of not able to do, or not able to do for long.、Yeah. Or, but he's not able to have these types of conversations usually with his physiotherapist.、Yeah. And it would be lovely in an ideal world. It would be great that. You know, every person that had a physiotherapist could broach these kind、yeah. of sexual、um, issues right. with, right? But it's they don't. But they don't. So that is so valuable that that's one of the things that you provide. Yeah, because we have to look at the way that your particular body works、yeah. to see how we can match it to what you desire to do. There, and and that's why it's not a one size fits all. The way、mm-hmm. that I might teach a position to this couple or to this person might not be the same to this person. You know, like because、mm-hmm. their bodies work in different ways. So I just. Plop in the mattress with them, grab their bodies. Show me where you're at. Show me where you're at,、yeah. and then and then and then I move my bodies. It's actually it's kind of like authentic movement dance, you know, like that dance、yeah. technique where you're 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 so close that your bodies mesh and move together. I think I, I、like、hadn't contact, thought about it. Yeah, contact, yeah, contact improv. Is, improv. Yeah, contact improv. It's、yeah. like sexy contact improv because I really do. <laughs> sexy contact improv. I really do envelop their bodies to see how their bodies move and work to see how we can move together. Oh, that's so interesting.、Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, another one I have on the list here is drip with pleasure. Oh, I love BDSM. Intro to wax play. Yeah, I love.、Yes. I love. I love. I love. So I'm a kinkster.、Um, I used to say <laughs> I was a switch. I still am, but I'm more dominant than not.、Mm-hmm. Um, And I love sensation play. I love I love impact play,、mm-hmm. and I love temperature play.、Mm-hmm. And so wax is a type of temperature play, and it's it's so artistic. I love art a lot, and and、um, yeah, it's very visual.、Mm-hmm, You're kind、mm-hmm. of creating a whole piece. You're creating it's it's、yeah. it's, it's like a perf- performance art. It is. So you're doing this performative act and creating this. And it's very artistic, and both of you, the the both the person、um, doing it and the person receiving, and it's I use ice too within the wax play. Oh wow! So like it's a real temperature range. It is a temperature range, right?、Yes. And it all and I and I teach about like the kind of wax that you use and how to warm it up and how high or how low. So the safety of of using wax,、mm-hmm. right? Yep. And、um, different colors. Because wax can burn you. Wax can burn you. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how hot it is,、yeah. right? And where you're dripping it from,、mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, it doesn't only have to be in a candle. You can you can just warm up the wax because we can't do open flame in a cruise, so we have to、uh, with hot pots. We we get very creative. Yes. <laughs> and、um, you warm the wax up, and then and and yeah. So it's a very introductory. Sensual. It has to be like very sensual for、mm-hmm. people. So, do you have like、uh, wax that kind of melts at a lower temperature?、Mm-hmm. I know there's a range. There's of, like, a range. Yeah. Some some can be kind of just warm wax, not hot wax. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the temperature varies, right? Depending on how you what temperature you want to warm it up, and also the height of where you pour the wax, right?、Wow. So, because if you From higher, then it's it a little bit. It cools down on the way. It cools down on the way. So it, it depends on where you drop it, right, and where in the body, right. There are going to be more areas that are going to be more sensitive to the different to the different temperature, right. What you are doing、mm-hmm. in reality, apart from creating a beautiful art piece, is is experiencing heightened sensations of temperature、mm-hmm. as you get the the hot wax when it's warm, when it's getting cooler in your body. You know when you've got the up, ice on you. When, when you when you've got the ice on top of the wax. So let's say that the wax is starting to harden, and you put ice on top of the wax, like, and you're pouring hot wax in other parts of your body at the same time. Like it. Wow. For me, I love music, and so instead of calling it impact play, I call it percussion play. Right, I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Is it impact? Yeah, what is this percussion business?" Okay, so this percussion- so you have the audio auditory. I'm telling you, I'm very、ha- sensual, and it's the, the, for me the percussion is the body is a beautiful musical instrument,、mm-hmm. and percussion play, if you call it percussion, allows you to get into that mindset where you're creating different sounds、mm-hmm. in the body. 
that you're impacting with you different know, implements. You know, that's very interesting you say that because recently I saw a scene happening at Oasis actually mm-hmm. in which um, I, one of the people that uh, performs at Oasis a lot, Sporty in Charge, mm-hmm. um, always does does a scene or, or a lot of times does a scene to music mm-hmm. and does impact along with the beat of the music. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is this is bringing it to a whole other level mm-hmm. like than just a regular kind of impact scene. It's like, oh my, this is like a musical performance right now. It's so interesting. It is. And now bring in, bring in temperature play. Oh boy. Right? <laughs> so many things happening at once. Right? Or the dripping of the, of the wax. I forgot the word. It escapes my mind. But there are people that through sounds can look at color. Right when there's yeah, sounds, right? right, right and so right. when I was thinking about this drip with pleasure, I was thinking about how when you're dripping and creating that work of art, you, it's it's like a it's like a concert, right? Because oh a concert, God. an orchestra, usually you you get the climax, you get the crescendo, you get the you know the, and like as you're pouring pouring the wax, you know, if you imagine that each sound has a color, you're creating an orchestra with the dripping of the wax, the colors, the eyes, the, the oh different, God. yeah, the different temperatures. A full, like, sensory experience. Yeah, that's that's what I try in my, so that's the drip, That that's the wax play oh one. Oh, my good God. <laughs> and the safety, talking about safety, and, like, just a lot of people think that BDSM, especially with that horrible movie, Fifty Shades, oh. um, is about pain, <laughs> right? Fruit, yes. And what I tell them, for some people, it can. It can be. It can it be, can and that's be, great. But you know, but for me, and pain is just one of the different sensations. Yeah. It's about heightened sensations. Yeah, there's so many other different sensations. Yeah, you're heightening the sensations of the body, and that can be either through temperature play or through percussion. So mm-hmm. that's what I usually try to talk about whenever I'm doing BDSM yeah. workshops. Okay, I think we probably have time for one more. Choose. Oh my God. Okay, I know. I know this may be a big topic to cover in a few minutes, but I'll come back. just to give us, yeah, we, there you go. That's the, that's the attitude. How sex works, the science behind fucking. Oh, that's one of the free seminars. So great. Like I usually, the hands-on workshops are usually pay because yes. I'm touching people. Right. And then the seminars, the lecture ones, when I'm in the cruise and the conventions are usually free. Uh, there was a great book that really, really, really impacted me. Emily Nagolsky's Come As You Are. Yes. You know, and she uses a lot of science science behind arousal and desire and things that are big topics explained to us in a way that that this is the way your body works. This is the way your brain works. This is the way that psychology works. So the science behind fucking is very influenced um, by that book. Also, um, uh, the book on female arousal, Mm -hmm. anatomy is so unsexy the way they teach it <laughs> yes and they're and, and not so- pleasure and not as pleasurable you before. and like science yeah. is the same way but the thing is that our bodies are amazing 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 machines yeah. um and so are our emotions and so the science behind fucking is about making science sexy and bringing <laughs> in facts and evidence-based research this in is a way- for the real sex geeks the, in the yeah, house is, well actually no because no? it's, it's it's for everybody it's talking about science in a very sexy way and explaining the way our bodies work so that you can take that information, apply it to your own sex lives, and really start learning about the way that that you can create the cacophony of sounds and, and sensations yeah. by knowing. You can't, what's, what's under it? Yeah, it's like the music theory behind the music, right? The right. science behind fucking is kind of like the theory behind what you're going to be doing. Right, because there is, there, I'm sure there is, there's science behind pleasure. Yeah, right. There There's, totally is. Yeah, there totally is. They're it's totally like, linked. They're totally can't have linked. one without the other. It's all. Yeah. So this is something I wrote. I, I I learned from Reed Mihalkel, and this is part of what goes in like the science behind fucking. So yeah. if we breathe in and then we <sighs> exhale like that, yes, it has like it it stimulates our vagus nerve, right? Okay. And our vagus nerve has two functions. It either um, reduces cortisol levels, so it reduces the stress right and or it activates um orgasm so the vagus nerve is the, is the one that oh also um is act- activates orgasms so right? why we like just huff around when we're stressed because we're trying to just 
you activate know, yeah. that stress releasing yeah. just by going, you know, like or to- or <laughs> right, and that's why we moan, and that's what you know, but and people don't know this. It's like oh, and then the science behind fucking, we understand vagus nerve, and we understand how our how our bodies work, and we understand that that moaning is good, and that when we silence our moaning, you know, oh my are, god, yeah, the science behind fucking. <laughs> blowing my mind that that's what it's doing Mm. like because we think of moaning and and heavy breathing as like just communication of the pleasure we're receiving and and it is that's one of the things that we're doing we're communicating but also we're triggering the vagus scientifically what is happening yeah oh my god wow and so what when we do breathe heavy like that or we do have big loud sighs and things what is that vagus nerve doing exactly is it releasing it doesn't release but nerves what they do is they communicate with our brains right it's, right it's like okay so yeah so, so vagus nerve so vagus the nerve, nerve so is... it's like a and it's it, it's low on our spine so it's like sending it's transmitting it's telling the brain okay get ready this is what you need to do <laughs> relax and orgasm enjoy the ride you know baby. so like that's why that's why you have so erogenous zones what they are are clusters of nerve endings Right. right, and nerve endings are the ones that transmit sensation or transmit messages to our brain, like "ooh, hot" or "ooh, nice" or "ooh, painful" or you know. Yeah. And so, like, that's what nerve endings do, and that's why for somebody it could be really pleasurable. You know, they have a cluster of nerve endings in their palm, or they have a cluster of nerve endings in their clit, or in their yeah. nipples, or in their ear. I don't know, wherever. Everywhere. 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 <laughs> but like that cluster of nerve endings becomes the erogenous zone. Mm-hmm. Well, the vagus nerve also transmits messages to our brain. It's like the connectors. And so it's a transmitting message. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Mm. I hate that we have to wrap this up already. I feel like there's so much. I mean, we just, we got to have you back. I will, I will got... come and come and come again and again and again and again and as many times as you want to have me here. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Dan. Uh, are you able to tell the people where your fabulous website is? is than I was gushing all about yeah, that sure. there's so many things at uh, and all your other kind of social media stuff that where people oh can God, find you follow media. you I don't I do not I don't know people have told me to do that and I um <laughs> I don't I don't do that very well uh website sexplore s-e-x-p-l-o-r-e so just as as you like to explore we like to explore so it's sexplore with Dan Temin so d-e-n-t-e-m-i-n dot com so sexplore with Dan Temin dot com and you can find all the info there <laughs> oh, you almost said Dot com. <laughs> it is a dot com. It is a dot com. Oh my god. Let me think of the things, okay, that I need to tell everyone about. If uh, you are in Toronto, uh, and just like Den did, if you want to see a Vedfo stage show, <laughs> we do it the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theater, and then the last Tuesday of mm. every month at 9 p.m. at the Super Wonder, which is the one you, you yeah. can go see. Um, and you were there with Trevor from Provocateur Images. <laughs> Um, and uh, if you are listening uh, and watching us on YouTube right now, um, comment, share it around, subscribe. Same with if you're listening to us on iTunes or another podcasting app. Uh, to like, to um, subscribe, to leave a comment, leave a rating and review does really great things for mm-hmm. me and my business, Bedpost. Um, we want to give a huge shout out and thank you to the folks at the Pacific Junction Hotel, to Eggplant Media, and to the Sonar Network, uh, which is all three of these places are responsible and helpful towards us creating this great content that you're that you're indulging in uh right now it's amazing 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 this is this is a pleasure evolution as well thank you (laughs) thank you so much uh one last thing if you're listening to our audio version you're going to hear original music by stephanie copeland and you can see all of her work at stephcopelandmusic.com one more big thank you to certified board certified sexologist Den Temin (laughs) and that's the way of saying yes in uh, sign language yes 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 (laughs) thank you so much and thank you to everyone who is listening and watching today we will see you next week bye this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network Sonar